person sitting next to you and tell the person sitting next to you, your stream needs to be cleansed. I don't know about mine, but your stream needs to be cleansed. Um, it really does do a, a deep work in, in our lives, and a lot of us need that work from the Lord. Um, most of us think we're perfect. If you think you're perfect, raise your hand if you think you're perfect. How many of you think the person sitting next to you is perfect? <laughs> Less of us. God puts people in our lives to reflect, uh, to reflect, to be a reflection uh, of a mirror. And, and the people that reflect us the best or shows, show us our weakness the best is our spouses. God blessed us with our spouse to look at us and tell us, you need to clean up your act. You need to pick up your socks. You need to take the dishes off of the sink and put them into the sink, which I've never understood because I think that the dishes should go on the outside of the sink, not inside the sink. You need to take the toilet paper and you need to flip it so that it comes over and not under. How many of you are over, how many of you are over toilet people that the toilet paper has to come over? Because that just makes sense, right? If you're, if you're under toilet people, you need to be cleansed. You need to come to Cleansing Stream and we'll deliver you from that. Um, my name is John. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Bible Church. And uh, I'm going to be talking about our call. Um, 1 Peter 2.9. How many of you know that you are not normal? You are not normal. If you are a believer in Christ and you are a Christian, you are not the average Joe. But God has called you for a specific purpose. And uh, let's read, read 1 Peter 2.9 together. Do we have that? Can you guys see that? Okay, everybody with 2020 vision, let's read this at the count of three. One, two, three. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wondrous light. You are a different freak of nature. Once you have been called into the kingdom of God, you're no longer like the world. And God said that he, we're a peculiar people, we're a different kind of people that were called by him to show the praises of him who called us out of darkness. Everyone say darkness. And into his light. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that later. So the title of the message this morning is The Calling. Can everyone say The Calling? Because you are called to be different. You're, and you're called to be different to make a difference. How many of you know that there needs to be changes that happen in our culture and in our society and in our communities. And God has called you and me to be that light in the darkness. And most people, the majority of people, pursue comfort. I, I like to pursue comfort. But God changed my life so that comfort is not the main priority of my life anymore. It's calling. I want to be faithful to the call and the purpose that God has put in my life and God has put a specific call and a purpose in every single one of your lives as well. And so we're going to be looking at that this morning. What is the call that God has on your life and on my life? And we're going to be looking at Genesis 26. It's a story uh, about Isaac and how he was called into a certain land and how God blessed him. We're called to a certain place. We're called for a specific promise. And we were called to prepare for those things. And so we're going to be looking at what is our place, what is the promise, and how do we prepare? You guys got that? 
Okay, so we're, I'm going to read the story from Genesis 26, and then we're going to jump into our teaching this morning. Did I introduce myself? Okay. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Bible. My name is John. John, John is a book of the Bible, and John was Jesus' favorite disciple. It means beloved by God. All of us are beloved by God. Genesis 26. I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 13. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heavens, and I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws, so Isaac dwelt in Gerar. And the men of the place asked about his wife, and he said, she is my sister. For he was afraid to say she is my wife because he thought, lest the men of the place kill me for Rebekah because she is beautiful to behold. Now it came to pass when he had been there a long time that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked through a window and saw there was Isaac, and he was showing endearment to Rebekah, his wife. Then Abimelech, the king, called Isaac and said, quite obviously, she is your wife. So why do you say she is your sister? Isaac said, because I said, I might die on account of her. And Abimelech said, what is this that you have done to us? One of our people might have taken her and lain with her, your wife and would have brought guilt on us. So Abimelech charged all his people saying, whoever touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him, and the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Can we pray this morning? God, we just thank you, Lord, for your, your word and for the calling that you have on every single one of our lives. God, thank you that you haven't left us just to, to perform a bunch of tasks and to abide by these rules of religion, but God, you've given us the ability to have a relationship with you to hear your voice, and to walk this life out as an adventure with you. And so, God, we pray that you'd speak to us through your word this morning. We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Uh, this past week was kind of fun. I'll show you a video. Um, after Sunday, we have a, a bunch of uh, exchange students that uh, are staying at our house and across the street. And um, could you guys give a hand for... Uh, our Japanese exchange students, they're like here and here. If you guys want to talk Japanese or learn Japanese, uh, Asami and Mako and Juan and Mana, they'll, why don't you guys stand up so everybody can see your face? You guys can stand up. You guys can talk to them and they'll teach you Japanese. Okay, you guys can sit. I don't know how to say that in Japanese. Okay, um, I'll show you this video. We went hiking in the Makawa Forest. And um, 
We went at like three o'clock. Do we have that video? Yeah, okay. Hey, why is it that way? Okay, anyway, turn the volume up. Can you hear the volume? Do we have volume? Don't talk to her. Don't talk to her. Where's the volume? Oh, very nice. It's fun to see all of you guys like turning your head sideways. So we were walking in this forest, and this is one of the trees in the Makawao uh, forest that we always like when we when we go out there. We'll like walk on it, and. It's, it's funny because when I was younger and doing this, like, I would never feel scared for myself or my kids or anyone, you know, because if my kids fall, then, you know, I can take them to the hospital and th they're small enough that I could carry them and stuff. But last week when we took them out and Aslami was walking, I felt nervous for the first time because if she fell off that branch, I didn't want to carry her out to the car. And... And I was thinking about, like, the, the, I know this has nothing to do with our message. Now, actually, it does. The, the thing that has to do with the message is, can you imagine doing something as complicated as walking on a branch at nighttime with no light? Do you, how many of you would try to do that? Be honest. How many of you would try to do it just for fun? Raise your hand. Okay, those are the daredevils in, in, in our, our church. Most people would not would not want to do that and put themselves into a position of danger. God says that he's called us out of darkness and into his light. What does that mean when we're called out of darkness into his light? It means that we, we can see where we're going, why we're going there, and the purpose that he has for our lives. Most people are just going through life without a purpose, just pursuing comfort or just pursuing success. But God has something that's much, much greater than that for us. And he's called us out of darkness, wandering aimlessly into his light. And the first thing that he does when he shines that light in us, in this verse, is to hear the voice of God. Genesis 26, 1 and 2, it says, Now there was a famine in the land, and besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham, and Isaac went to Gerar, to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, and the Lord, everyone said the Lord, appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Instead, dwell in the land which I shall tell you. And Isaac settled in Gerard. The first thing that we're called to is to a place. What is that place? That place is the place of relationship. God has called us into a relationship with him, a place where we can hear his voice. It made sense to go to Egypt because Egypt, during a time of famine, Egypt was a place where there was sustenance. There was a place of food always in Egypt. But God told Abraham specifically, do not go to Egypt. I want you to stay in Gerar. And it said that Isaac stayed in Gerar, contrary to, to uh, common sense. How many of you have experienced God telling you something that made no sense? Raise your hand. If you, there's certain things that are happening in your life and you pray and you ask God for direction and he tells you to do something that just doesn't make any sense. Raise your hand high. 
if you have heard the voice of God tell you something that has made no sense to you. This is very normal for a Christian, to hear the voice of God and it be contrary to common sense. In the same way that we see Isaac hearing the voice of God. I remember we were buying our, we were moving from our condominium and moving into a home. And we were looking for a home. There was a 1031 exchange and we had to find a property. And there was about five houses that we made offers on and every single house closed. And one of the houses closed like by somebody outbidding us by $5,000. I was so upset. And I remember we finally found a house and we were just like a couple days before that 1031 exchange window was gonna close and we would have to pay capital gains on my grandpa's house from Oahu. And so we made a bid on the house, they countered and then we countered that and they accepted it. And we're driving on the way to sign to get this house. And so we're driving on the way to sign for this house. And my mom, a couple days before, said, John, you should look at this other house. And I said, what? There's no way we can afford that house. Like, we're not, we're not, gonna, we're not even going to look at it. I don't want to waste our time. And so I just, like, brushed my mom off. How many of you brush your parents off? Because you shouldn't do that. Like, the Bible says to honor. So I'm, I'm driving up to that house that we're ready to sign on because we've tried super hard and we couldn't, you know, find anything. And we finally, finally found something and we're ready to close on it. And I hear the voice of God tell me, honor your father and your mother, specifically your mother. And, and my mom is crazy. You know, she says a lot of crazy stuff. And, and it's very easy to like not pay attention to what my mom says. But God speaks through my mom a lot. And I remember that, like, we're driving, and it was just, like, God's voice. Not an audible voice, but it was very clear. Honor your father and your mother. You know, it was, like, very loud. Mother. So I was like, all right. So I, t- I, I turn over to Joss, and I said, you know what? We should just honor my mom. Let's go look at this house just, just to make her feel good, just to let her know that we listen to her. But we're not, don't even, like, entertain the thought. And we get there, and the lady welcomes us, and she says, oh, you're Susan Asato's son. Oh, my daughter took piano from your mom. Oh, we're, we really like your family. And then my, you know, her and my wife just like kind of hit it off, and I'm like, what's going on here? And, and she's like, this is where my daughter prepared for the junior prom. This is where my son learned to ride his bike. And he, she just like, going, and I can see like Joss just getting attached to the house. And I'm like, I whisper in her ear, this is off the table. This is, we're just doing this for my mom. And then at the end, make a long story short, this woman, she says, you know, we really like your family, so we're not going to, we want you guys to have this house, and we'll work with you to whatever price that you need. And they dropped it, like, a huge amount so that we could go into the house. It made no sense. It made no common sense to do it, but God spoke it. And what would have happened if I didn't listen to God? We would have been in a different house, and my wife wouldn't be as happy as she is now. And a happy wife is a happy life. Um, God speaks things to us, and we have the privilege to hear his voice. Um, God said, do not go down to Egypt, but dwell in the land which I will tell you. 
which I will tell you indicates that God wants to speak. Everyone say speak. He wants to speak to you specifically. He, he doesn't lay out all these rules and make it very impersonal where everybody has to follow certain rules and there's no relationship. This is not a religion. It's a relationship where God speaks to us according to what he wants, the, the individual call for our lives. That place that he calls us to is a place of relationship. Everyone say relationship. You know, this call to a place of relationship is unchanging. You can look across our culture, and there's a lot of things in our culture that's changing. The values of our culture are changing. The economics of our culture are changing. Politics are changing. Geopolitical tensions are changing. But our God doesn't change, amen? And his call on our life does not change. And that call for our lives is to welcome us and pull us into a place of relationship. We're called to a place, and that place is relationship. Number two, we are called for a promise. Everyone say promise. Let's read the scripture together. Genesis 26, 3 and 4. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you. Relationship. And will bless you for... To you and to your offspring, I will give all of these lands, and I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham your father. I will multiply your offspring as the stars of the heavens, and will give to your offspring all these lands. And in your offspring, or your children, and your children's children, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. The purpose that God has called every single one of us to, he's called us to relationship. But that relationship has a purpose, and the purpose for that relationship is, number one, God wants to be with you. Number two, God wants to bless you. Number three, it's not just for you, but it's for your kids. God wants to bless your kids, and it doesn't end there. It says that through your children, that all the nations of the world will be blessed. Isn't that powerful? This is a purpose that God calls all of us into relationship with him for. It's not just so that we can have relationship, hear his voice, but he wants to bless us and our children and our children's children so that the world can be blessed through them. Um, Gary's going to share in the coming weeks about uh, uh, the burden and the place, the people that God had called him to in Afghanistan. And our church has rallied around uh, the Azedi Project that ministers to girls in Afghanistan and helps educate them. And God put that burden on his heart. And our church has the opportunity and the privilege to partner with Gary and to see the nations of the world blessed. We also partner with uh, Myanmar and uh, with a missionary, his name is Solomon. And he just uh, sent me a, a text message a couple of days ago because he gave birth, or he didn't give birth, his wife gave birth uh, to their, their first child. And it's so awesome to see uh, what God is doing in these other nations um, through the people that, that we support. Um, all the nations of the world will be blessed. God's called us to make an impact, not just to other nations, but even here in our own community. And the last thing, we are called to prepare. We are called to prepare. Now there was a famine in the land besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Gerar, to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. It's, it's important to note in this story 
that this was during a time of famine. And it says that in this time of famine, that Isaac sowed in that land and reaped the same year a hundredfold. Why? Because the Lord blessed him. And the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. Now, this isn't prosperity gospel. This isn't like if you have a relationship with God, he's going to make you rich or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. But there was something, there's a principle in that, that even when it didn't make sense, you know, a lot of us, how many are fearful that the economy is going to fall apart? You don't need to raise your hand, but how many are concerned that the economy might fall apart? How many are concerned that we might go to war? How many are concerned that the, the inflation might get out of control and it will be hard to afford food next year? There's, there's a lot of different fears that surround our lives in, in our culture, and a lot of people are getting stressed out. And so because the reason why they're getting stressed out is they, they depend on the federal government. They depend on the economy. They depend on the place that they live and the natural things that surround us. What happened in Isaac's life is he didn't look at the natural. If he looked at the natural, he would have gone to Egypt. But God said, don't go to Egypt. I want you to go to the land that I tell you to. And, and then he did something that was crazy. During a time of famine, he sowed. How many of you know that when there's famine and the, the ground is hard, it doesn't make sense to sow? It doesn't make sense to put seed in the ground when the ground's all dry and there's no rain. But it said that he reaped a hundredfold because God was with him. And I've seen this over and over and over in my life. After the 2008 crisis, God blessed and prospered our church, like, tremendously. And one of the things that we did in 2008 was we partnered with Feed My Sheep, and there was so many people that needed food on the island. And instead of being focused on our needs, we raised funds so that we could distribute food in every single uh, area that needed food on the island. I think at that time it was eight, eight different locations. And 90% of all the need for food was, was met through Feed My Sheep that year. And our church had no lack. And there was just story after story of how God provided for people because instead of looking at our own needs, we sowed in a time of famine. And it was, it was a miraculous thing. And I've seen that over and over in my life. And I just, it, it builds my faith knowing that God is not bound by the economy. He's not bound by the circumstances that if you follow God, no matter where you are, he will cause you to thrive. He'll cause you to prosper. And it said that the Lord blessed him. Naturally, it wasn't the time to sow, but supernaturally, it's always the time to sow and to be generous and to look at the needs of others and not our own. Season, nation, circumstances, and surroundings didn't bless Isaac. It was God who blessed him. And when he obeyed God, God took care of him. We're called to three things. Our calling is to a place, a place of relationship with the Lord, to hear his voice. We're called to a, a purpose, a promise, that he wants to bless us so that we can bless others. And then we're called to prepare. How do we prepare? We prepare by sowing even in a time of famine and listening to the voice of God and obeying. Um, I want to call up Mike and Lay. Uh, can you guys give a hand for Mike, Ern, and Lay? 
I always do this. I always like call people at last minute and freak them out. <laughs> but I want, I want you guys to, to meet Mike and Lay. Some of you guys already want you stand here. Um, so Mike and Lay, they uh, were a couple that came in through the preschool. Uh, they're, I think Ariana was the one who was in the preschool, right? Did Gabe? Gabriel went through the preschool too. So both of their kids went through the preschool. And, and so they came to preschool Sundays like how we had last week. And uh, that was their first introduction to Grace Bible Church. Uh, Lay went through the, the Next Steps class and got plugged in. And now she's actually serving on our staff. Um, and what God has done in, in their lives is amazing. And as I was going through this, this message, I was thinking, this is kind of the story of their lives. Because for those of you that don't know, Mike was one of the top business people in our community. He headed up Hilo Hatties. He was headhunted from Hilo Hatties because he turned that business around when it was going through problems. And he started working with uh, the Maui Clothing Company, oversaw uh, over 20 stores and over 100 employees. And so, you know, this is, this is a very uh, competent, smart, wealthy individual. Well, <laughs> and so what happened, though, when he started coming to church, COVID hit, and everything went to zero. And, and through different things that happened in the business, he left Maui Clothing Company, and then God uh, started working in his heart, and he, he started having different values, that it wasn't just about success, it wasn't just about business, and he, he started spending a lot of time with his family and with God. And... And during that time, he, I was, you know, he, he jumped into my small group, and uh, we developed a friendship. Uh, I think Lay jumped into Andrea's small group. And uh, one of the things that he, he brought up was he said, there's several businesses that have approached me, headhunted me, and they want me to be a part of their business. And, and it was, you know, good money. And he said, but I feel God doesn't want that for me. And he turned it all down. Does that make sense? That doesn't make sense, but instead they started their own business, and God is beginning to bless that business. Um, what is it? <laughs> realty. They do realty and a bunch of other stuff. So um, one of the things that I want, so, the, so they listened to God. They heard his voice. Not only did they hear his voice, but their value shift, shifted from making money and having comfort in their lives to valuing the presence of God, valuing his purpose for their lives. And then this last point, we're called to prepare. How did that happen? You want me to share the story? So I, 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 I'm telling his story for him. <clears throat> but I was, I was uh, one day I came to work, and he was out here cutting the hedges. And... I said, what are you doing? And he goes, I'll tell you later. And I was like, okay, let's go grab coffee. So we grabbed coffee. And he said, you know, I saw the hedges, and they were all overgrown. And I thought, why isn't this church taking care of their hedges? What's wrong with this church? And he said he heard the voice of God tell him, why don't you cut the hedges? And so he's, he cut the hedges. At a small little act of sowing in a time of famine because he wasn't working the job that he was but God, he had time, he had talent, and he sold that into the kingdom of God. And then he started looking around and started 
cutting branches from the trees and just being around to help around the church. And then one day he said, you know, John, we're eating, we're drinking coffee. He goes, it's shameful the way this church takes care of its facilities. <laughs> he, said, he said, I, I look at it and it's, it's shameful the way that you guys, you should be better stewards of your facility. It's dilapidated, the preschool building's falling apart, and he's just going off, and I'm like, I have no idea how to fix all that stuff. I, I just don't know how. He calls me a couple of days later, he goes, I'll do it. <laughs> and so, have you guys noticed how beautiful the preschool building is? In a time of famine, when supply chain problems exist, where you can't find contractors, where supplies are like way overpriced, God worked through Mike to remodel that building at budget, below budget, and under the time frame, the projected time frame. It was a complete miracle what God did. And, and Lay is now working on staff with us. They're, they're beginning to thrive in a business, and it's just the beginning. I believe it's just the beginning of what God wants to do. It's, it, it's a start. The trickles are coming in, but God has way more in store for them. And uh, so I just want to say thank you for hearing the voice of God, being obedient to the voice of God, and experiencing his hand on your life. It's been amazing. Sure. I, we, we've been very blessed. But, I, you know, it's interesting. I just wanted to share that, you know, during my prayer times, you know, I'm praying to the Lord. You know, Lord, I'm surrendered. Use my life. Use me to bring someone to know Jesus. Use me to pray over people. And I'm praying, you know, but then I'm, and I'm hearing, go cut those hedges. And I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm like, they can have somebody cut the hedges. You know, so it was a couple of weeks where my prayer time, and it's the Lord saying, go cut the hedges. I'm like, okay. You know, so I get my stuff, and I go and cut the hedges. But the Lord just kept nudging me and nudging me. You know, and then the palm trees are growing into the power lines. And, you know, I'm like, there's going to be a problem. I'm looking, and I'm like, I see this clearly. It's a problem. And I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, the Lord's like, cut the palm trees down. I'm like, no, I'll just tell John. John, <laughs> John, please go cut the palm trees. You know, anyhow, but the Lord just kept nudging me. And so sometimes it's not always the way you imagine, the way you think the Lord wants to use you. But if you're surrendered and you're in your time and the Lord's nudging you, and he, whatever it is, he's nudging you. And it's not comfortable, it's not normal, it's not common, whatever it is. But, you know, listen, be obedient, surrender. And by doing so, you know, we've been blessed tremendously. And, um, and, it, and it just, and it continues to have that servant's heart and allow the Lord to use you in whatever way that he chooses. It, it will bless you, it will bless those around you, it will bless your family. And it's, I think starting off with prayer in the mornings, that's huge. Um, and then just surrendering your day and your agenda and it just, I don't know, and things just work out, or if they don't, then, you know, it's okay. It, you, you, you thank God that it, it didn't work out because there's a reason for it. So, Awesome. Can you guys give a hand for Mike and, and Lee? <laughs> and not, you know, the, the, the story is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, God is working not just um, in business and whatnot, but uh, you know, through divine appointments, the police chief, the current police chief is renting his home through Mike, and there's relationships that are being built there. Um, 
Pastor Lance asked Mike to help with cleansing streams, so he's like going to head, uh, help head our cleansing stream uh, retreat and ministry. So when you surrender your life to God in the small things, you know, th- this is like he's a corporate executive cutting hedges at a church. But when you surrender to God in the small things, it's through that small things and that heart of a servant that God does great things. And so I want to encourage all of us that during this season, even if there is a time of, of famine, if there's a time of lack, the answer to that is not to hoard and to get scared and to get focused on ourselves, but it's to say, God, how can I be a blessing? How can I be of service? How can I be uh, a part of your kingdom? And how can I contribute? And when your heart is for that, God will pour out the blessings on your life, not just in the physical things, but in the spiritual things as well. Amen? Amen. How many of you are glad that you serve a good God and that he is in control of our lives? Um, Why don't we just close in a a word of prayer this morning? The questions that I want to ask you this morning is, are you pursuing in your life comfort or calling? Are you pursuing comfort or calling? And when you're pursuing calling, that means that you're pursuing a relationship with God. You're pursuing hearing his voice, pursuing the purpose that he has for you, that he wants to bless you and bless your children so that you can be a blessing to all nations. And if you are pursuing that call, how are you preparing? How are you preparing in your life? Where are you sowing your time, your talent, your treasure? Because if you sow in a time of famine, God will return to you a hundredfold of what you sow. God, I just thank you for every single person here. I pray that you would bless their lives, reveal yourself to them. Every single one of us have a calling. We have a place at your table. Lord, do you want a relationship with every single one of us? You want to speak to us and want want us to be able to hear your voice and to trust you and surrender even when things don't make sense. God, I pray that you would use this church for your glory, and God, that we would walk that adventure in your kingdom to know you, to be loved by you, and to share that love with this community and with our world. If you don't have a relationship with God, could you just, and you want one, you want to be able to hear God's voice and to to trust him and to follow him, I just invite you to repeat this prayer after me. Can we all just repeat this prayer after me? Say, dear Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I want to hear your voice, and I want to have a relationship with you. I give you my ambitions, my dreams. I give you my pursuit of comfort, and I want to pursue my call. Help me to hear your voice, to know how much you love me so that I can give that love to others. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart, into my life. Thank you for Jesus washing me and walking with me every step of the way. I pray this in Jesus' wonderful name.
And everyone said, amen. Can we give God a hand and thank him this morning? We, I guess now we're going to go 